0: Hey, Counties, we do have an episode for you this week. Last week, we participated in the podcast Blackout, along with thousands of other podcasts. Instead of releasing our regular episode, we read the names of some of the Black folks who have been killed by police brutality. This week, we're releasing our episode on counterproductivity, which we recorded a few weeks back.
1: It'll start in a few moments. But before we start, we want to say a few things.
0: Our podcast Blackout was a symbol for the work we will continue to do. While this next episode does not focus on the injustices and racial discrimination that Black people and people of color face in America on a daily basis, as individuals and as a team, we commit to continue to support our Black community. As white women, we recognize our role as
1: allies, and we're working on listening, reading, and learning. We have both donated to causes, including the National Bail Fund and the Loveland Foundation that supports access to therapy for Black women. We encourage you to do the same. We will share some of our resources that we have personally used to help us become stronger partners to the Black Lives Matter movement, and we hope that you will share resources that you use with us. These will all be available in the show notes of this episode.
0: If you are a white person trying to learn more about Black Lives Matter, follow white people for Black Lives on Instagram. Their handle is WP4BL. And it goes without saying, but check out your local chapter of Black Lives Matter. Just Google Black Lives Matter and then your city to find donation links and petitions that you can sign. If you hear chants of defund
1: the police or abolish the police and want to understand more about what that would mean, two podcast recommendations for you. The first is from the podcast Today Explained, and the episode is called What Abolish the Police Means. The second recommendation comes from the podcast called The Daily Zeitgeist, and the episode is called Mystery of Flaming Cop Cars, White Supremacy on Every Channel.
0: Follow Counter Propaganda on Instagram. Their mission is reclaim the narrative. They feature a person of color each day and tell their story. We're partial to it because it has counter in the title. If you're looking for a little more context into how police
1: forces came about... And spoiler alert, they've always been racist and founded on principles of white supremacy. Another podcast recommendation for you. The podcast is called Throughline, and the episode is called
0: American Police. It's no longer acceptable to be silent about this. Talk to your parents, your siblings, your aunts, your uncles, your friends. There are endless amazing resources
1: to check out. We'll be posting them on our personal Instagrams and Twitters, as well as on the Counter Programming
0: Instagram. Stay strong and be kind to yourselves and each other. Black Lives Matter. We got the beat. We got the
1: beat. We got the beat. Yeah, we got the beat. Hey, counties. Before we bring you counterprogramming, we want to tell you about a podcast that we think you're going to love. It's called The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's one of Apple's best podcasts of 2018, and it's consistently in the top 50 podcasts overall. Jordan Harbinger interviews some pretty big deals in a variety of fields, an FBI hostage negotiator, an almost Nobel Prize winner, a former CIA operative, and more. You might recognize some of these names that he's interviewed. Tony Hawk, Chelsea Handler, Malcolm Gladwell, Barbara freaking Boxer, Kobe Bryant the GOAT, RIP, huge names and incredible interviews.
0: Jordan's got hundreds of episodes. We recommend that you start with the episode on Jonna Mendez. That's episode 344. She's a former chief of disguise in the CIA's Office of Technical Service. How cool does that job sound?
1: I want that job. The Jordan Harbinger Show is chock full of stories and lessons, and we cannot wait for you to check it out. He's even produced some great episodes recently on how to work from home and to think about your career post-pandemic. The mission of Jordan's show is to make you a better, more informed, critical thinker. Find Jordan's podcast wherever you're listening to our podcast and on Apple, Spotify, and CastBox.
0: Hi, I'm Ari from Huntington, New York, and I think Marble is better than Shira and Ariel do. This is Counterprogramming podcast with Shira and Ariel. Happy Wednesday! Welcome to Counterprogramming with Shira and Ariel, the distraction cast you need right now. We want you to take a break from all of the grim COVID nineteen news for a little bit and tune into this show where we bring you fun facts and comedy you didn't know you needed on things with count or counter in their title.
1: Counties, thank you for being the best podcast fans in the pod universe. We've loved bringing you episodes so far on countertops, step counters, counterfeit money, and more. This episode, counter productivity.
0: First counties, we want to hear from you. What counters do you want us to cover on this show? You can send us your thoughts along with your love letters via email. We're at counterprogrammingshiraariel at gmail.com. You may even double dip your love and appreciation for us by sliding into our DMs on Instagram. We're at Pod. Please
1: double dip. Shira,
0: I want to make sure that listeners don't
1: miss our star from last week's episode. If you haven't listened yet, head on back to the episode called Counter Tenor with Aryeh Nussbaum-Cohen. He's an amazing opera singer, and his story will absolutely blow you away. We talk about castration, and we know that's your number one interest,
0: Counties. I personally was getting really sad before we started recording that Ariel wouldn't be with us today.
1: We wish he could just be our third co-host. It would be so lovely.
0: He's a good county. He really is. Okay, Arielle, let's get to the point. We're gonna kind of being counterproductive here. Are we? Let's find out by learning the definition of this week's term,
1: counterproductive.
0: Counterproductive. Something that is counterproductive achieves the opposite result from the one that you want to achieve.
1: Counterproductive as an adjective is hindering the achievement of a goal. You know what? I was talking to my mom on the phone yesterday, and I think a lot of people have the tendency to mix up the terms counterproductive and procrastination. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah. I
0: think that's a good point.
1: Yeah, and we'll get into that because when you are being counterproductive, you're not necessarily procrastinating. You are just doing something that is hindering your ability to finish your goal. But procrastination, you're still getting there, just maybe slower.
0: I also feel like a counterproductive action could be a form of procrastination, but it doesn't have to be. I think they're related, but they're They're, definitely not the same definition.
1: Yeah, they're definitely related, but when people use them interchangeably, they don't exactly have the most efficacy with their words. So not to be counterproductive, but I think that we should do a check-in or not to procrastinate. Who knows? Shira, how the heck are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good, Arielle. I came out to my parents' house this week, which has been really nice, getting some fresh air in suburbia and getting to spend time with my family. My brother does a lot of cooking for us. Last night, he made a, like a beef stew type of situation that was really lovely how are you
1: i'm good i just want to say the food that your brother is making looks unreal it looks so good you're in a gourmet kitchen all the time
0: oh it's a gourmet kitchen i it's very creative too like Mm -hmm. i would never i can cook but i could never create what he creates you know yeah it's never the same thing twice oh
1: never So, I'm good. As many of you know, a few weeks ago, I thought I had coronavirus because I had a sore throat for three weeks. I do not have coronavirus. I got tested. It was horrible. They put the Q tip through your nose. It's a bad experience, but overall, it's good to get tested. So, because of that, I wasn't able to walk dogs and I lost all of my regular clients. It was very sad. I lost my favorite husky. I lost um, my favorite little white dog. His name was Archie, but I'm back. I'm back, baby. And I got a new fancy iPhone so I could take fancy photos of these beautiful,
0: dogs. I did notice that your pictures looked particularly good on Instagram this week. Thank you. Cool. Yeah,
1: because I got that nice portrait mode. So now I'm making a point every time to make the dog sit down for a photo shoot.
0: (laughs) A classic dog mom who's not really a dog mom. Exactly.
1: So yeah, I've been great.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, a mentality. It's an
1: intentionality. When you're when you're thank you. When you're procrastinating, you are intentionally trying to not get done when you have to get done. And when you're being counterproductive, sometimes it's uh, it's non voluntary. Does that make sense? Well either way Let's get back on track. We all do things that are counterproductive to our goals, whether that's checking social media instead of sending that important email or obsessing over the latest coronavirus statistics instead of enjoying our time stuck at home with family and friends. Everyone's counterproductive behaviors are different because everyone's life is different. Shira, what is your go-to counterproductive activity?
0: So I think the most counterproductive thing I do is that I check WebMD when I have like a sore throat or something very mild. And then i that convinces me that I have much more severe symptoms. And then I go down a deep rabbit hole searching whatever illness WebMD has told me I have. And it it makes me actually feel worse than I did to begin with. So I find that to be quite counterproductive for my health.
1: Yes, that'll
0: so, do it. Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) What about you, Arielle? What's your most counterproductive tendency?
1: My most counterproductive tendency is that I am not the best at planning for file saving. Does that make sense? So basically, I know ahead of time that I should be organizing my computer, and I'm mostly talking about digital stuff. I know ahead of time that I should be organizing my Google folders, my desktop, um, where I'm keeping all my files, even for this podcast. I know ahead of time about that, but I don't do it. And the way this really manifests is I back up my phone every three years. And so from year two to three, my phone is really slow and the camera doesn't work and the app, I can't download any apps and I have all these problems. And I know ahead of time that I could just be backing up my phone every six months, but I'm being counterproductive in that I just absolutely don't do what I know that I need to do.
0: I feel that I am not great about backing up my phone either. Thankfully, everything I do now is like on Google Docs instead of, I don't use like Microsoft. So I never have to worry about like saving those kind of documents. But mm-hmm.
1: even keeping our counter programming stuff filed in the right way, we started out really well keeping our ads in one place, keeping our scripts in another place, but it's kind of all jumbled. It's just that's the way it happens. And I believe that that's a counterproductive. Act on my part, on our
0: part. I actually was trying to organize the documents a little bit more on my Google Drive. So maybe this Thank will you. inspire us.
1: Yeah. And maybe I think if we can inspire anybody to save and back up their phone before they lose their beautiful memories and photos, then we've done our job. I couldn't agree more. Another thing that I do is I'll go to a show and I'll get a playbill or I'll get a little piece of memento of some sort and I'll keep it fully knowing that I don't care. And I still put it somewhere and it takes up space. And then I, three years from then, when it's time for me to move or clean out my closet, I go through it and then I stare at it for a while thinking, does this have sentimental value or do I care because it should have sentimental value, even though I could have just thrown it out originally. That is counterproductive.
0: I threw out some mail from when we lived in Mississippi, when I got back to my parents' house, like random stuff that I had, like bills from Mississippi that had Obviously, been paid three years ago. Otherwise, there would have been like bigger problems. We kind of touched on this in our intro episode, but the more I research counterproductivity and also the longer that I'm in therapy, I realized how counterproductive the way that we fueled each other's anxiety was. (laughs) Instead of trying to help each other get out of the anxiety spin, we, I think we accidentally brought each other (laughs) further into it because we both have anxiety. We thought we were helping. We, And again, intention. We really believed. That's why therapy is a beautiful thing. I've been hearing a lot about people
1: complaining over the past few months about not being able to be productive at home right now because of coronavirus, the stress that that brings us. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to help you with that. So we looked up a few tips and tricks
0: for how to counter counter productivity. That gets me every time. I think it's so funny. <laughs> um, these tips come to us from Landit, which is an awesome program that works to increase the success of women and diverse groups in the workplace. And I've been using them as a resource for a few years now, and really love it. And so, this article was written by David Lavinda from Entrepreneur. We'll link to it in the show notes. And the article was written in 2017, so it obviously predates a lot of the social distancing and the majority of us weren't working from home then. So we pulled some tips that we still feel are relevant though. Do you want to read the first one, Ariel? Start your day with structured me time to go through emails and social media from the night before. Reduce meeting times by 25%, which this one I feel is huge because so many people complain about how long their Zoom calls are. Mm-hmm. And I even found when I was having in-person meetings like that, if I like set a timer for how long each thing was supposed to last in the meeting, even if the conversation, if you're we doing a brainstorm and we we're like, okay, we're only going to brainstorm this for 10 minutes, even if there's still more ideas, it helps it not get off track.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. The only problem there is that you kind of need to have buy-in from the people who you're having a meeting with that we're gonna get this done in a shorter amount of time. Next, schedule breaks into your day. And that is especially important now that our work and our play takes place in the same exact tiny bit of space.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people the lines are really blurred when you work from home that people are end up working till like eight or nine PM because they can't like they don't have to move. Okay. Number four, turn off pop-up notifications. I feel like that's a really important one, especially with social media or even with emails. You're in the middle of doing something and all, you get so distracted so quickly. Because you're just like, look it. Yeah, but
1: if you want that dopamine rush from all those pop-up notifications, that, <laughs> that one doesn't work. Next, hop on the phone or on Slack instead of emailing. Because emailing, of course, you have to do all those pleasantries beforehand, but you could really get the job done faster if you're just like, hey,
0: let's sort this out right now. I sometimes find that I'll have like tried to explain directions to someone in an email. And I spent a while making sure the email is clear. And I was like, if I just hopped on the phone for four minutes, this person would know what to do. Exactly. And, and they could have also told me their complaints or their concerns right away instead exactly. of thinking about it and emailing.
1: And also, it's not that awkward to have phone calls, millennials, <laughs> you know?
0: We love phone calls. I love we a too, phone about. call. I don't know about the rest of the millennials. But the the millennials. The millennials. (laughs) Next, chop up big problems into smaller tasks. I'm into it.
1: Next, and our last tip for this section is to use checklists. Um, You know, that I think has to do with chopping up your bigger problems into smaller tasks. Identify what needs to get done, write it down, check it off when you're done. So, love that. Helps me get things done.
0: And now for a section I'm really excited about this week, our county counter-counter-productivity and tips. Wow, say it again. Our, well, oh, actually, okay. So that is one part of this section, but the first section is county counterproductive anecdotes and the second part of this section is county counter counterproductivity tips.
1: Say it again 5 times fast.
0: County counter counterproductivity. Nice.
1: All right, let's get started. We asked and you answered, thank you to our counties for sharing your most counterproductive tendencies and your tips and tricks for how to counter counter productivity. You can follow us on Instagram at counterprogrammingpod to participate in more fun polls and questions.
0: So our first one comes to us from County Davina, who said, I prefaced all these with county and then the person's name. I'm not sure if we refer to people now, but that's how I think we should refer to people.
1: (laughs) No, we do now.
0: Okay. So this one is from County Davina, who said, ordering a lot of food so you have leftovers but then eating it all in one sitting
1: I'm glad to know that other people do that
0: always I I feel like that's how I justify. I'm like you know this was this is a big order so so it'll last me a few days and then
1: no, please <laughs> next county Tracy says that she eats before a planned workout she simply gets too full to run definitely counterproductive
0: I uh, that also happens to me I'll be like okay I need a little bit of food before I go for this run and then I eat too much food and I'm like well now I can't run because I'm gonna so you can't
1: run, of course. Yeah, and so then you, you can eat run.
0: more. Then you eat more. And then it, I will still go for the run because I feel like by this point I'm dressed and ready. But now it's been like an hour and a half of like prep until I can go for the run. And it kind of throws off the whole evening. This one is from County James and it is answering questions on Instagram from people's stories. Daniel, can we get like a womp womp there? like a <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was a little bit of a personal attack County James.
1: Yeah, James. I'm sorry, County James. Next County James. next from County Miriam. She has a double monitor up. She puts her work on one screen, but really just reads random shit on the second screen. Totally.
0: I've never been a double monitor person, but that was the big thing people were freaking out about when they when we first had to transition to work from home, I feel like so many people I know were like, but I, I only have one monitor here. Are you a double monitor gal? Oh, please.
1: No, I have okay. no luxuries in life.
0: I, I have a laptop.
1: That's all I use. I have a laptop. I hunch over while I use it. <laughs> I get hand cramps and then I complain about it. And that's I, counterproductive.
0: <laughs> I will say I do wish I had a standing desk at home or something where I could like, so I wouldn't hunch as much. But the double monitor thing, it actually confuses me more.
1: Yeah, I think people like to be able to visualize their
0: stuff on two screens and look over there and look over here. And I could see that. I think I'd be like County Miriam and I would get distracted. It would become counterproductive for me. Calling them
1: County and then their name makes it sound like it's like a religious cult. I know. I was a little worried about that. That's why I was like, I don't know how we feel. No, I
0: love it. (laughs)
1: County Miriam. Uh
0: Next. <laughs> so this one is from County Delaney, who also happens to be my cousin, a cousin county, if you will. And she put playing Candy Crush and watching Netflix as her counterproductive tendencies. And I have to say that there was a point where she was the number one Candy Crush player in the world or something. That's insane. In the past few months. Yeah, it was, I have to say, I was actually proud of her. I thought it was pretty wild. All right. We
1: just listed for you some of uh, our counties and the way that they feel that they are counterproductive. So now let's go on to some tips and tricks for how you counter counterproductivity from our counties.
0: County Aaron said, Lists, making lists helps so much. Me but, too. Yeah, I agree with. I just started using Microsoft To-Do because I, I was like, I don't even know where I have to begin. And it really did help. And then I love the sound. It makes this ding when you finish a task.
1: <laughs> I make lists on, um, I use that Gmail plugin on the side of your screen. Oh.
0: Okay. I used to really like that. And then I would accidentally keep it closed and I would forget about it. So I would forget to cross things off from that list. And then I'd go back and I'd have things from like 20 days ago. And terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: a problem. That's counterproductive. Exactly. From County Matt, calendaring work time, what I do at work by the half hour using Calendly and
0: specialized journal. Now we know what Matt was doing in his office. Oh, is that our boss, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> oh, County, boss
1: Matt. Co- County Boss Matt, of course.
0: And this one comes to us from County Miriam. And she said, a quiet morning routine to set herself up for success.
1: I have a comment on that. I last week attended a PowerPoint presentation that Miriam presented on her morning success routine. It was amazing.
0: Can you tell if us a you- little bit about that success routine?
1: Yeah. Miriam says that the best thing to do to counter counter productivity is set aside for yourself an amount of time in the morning. It doesn't really matter how much where you're going to do a few things for yourself. So she says you must wake up a little bit earlier for it. So you do need to commit in that way. But her favorite thing to do is to just read a book, even watch TV, it doesn't matter that those activities might not be the most productive things in the world, but it kind of gives you the time to do something for yourself so that the rest of the day, if you're working, you don't feel so bad doing something completely for your own company. You've already done the thing for yourself.
0: I am so not a morning person, so I have been trying to develop some kind of morning routine. My roommate, Jen and I used to go on these coffee walks every morning, except for then we had to start wearing masks. So then we stopped having the coffee and we just did the walk part, but which was still great. But I haven't, quite found a new routine now that I've Mm -hmm. come out to my parents. So I feel like this week I've been a little wonky. Yeah, suburbia is different. There are nice walks here. So I should probably still do that.
1: And then our last... Tip, sort of, is a very valid comment submitted from County Jacob, who says, I'm okay with not being super productive these days, which is a very important point. We're in a global pandemic, and if you need to relax and not be productive, that is totally fine. You don't even need our permission.
0: Yeah, I I saw that one. I was like, we have to include this because it is if you don't want to be productive or you don't feel productive right now, there's a lot of other stuff weighing on us. Last week, just one other tidbit, last week, Fast Company published an article on intuitive scheduling to help people make their routines a little more flexible, especially as we're all adjusting to work from home. And basically, the premise of intuitive scheduling is that you plan your day according to what's going to bring you the most joy. Ooh. and obviously, it doesn't mean you, you don't do the things that you have to do, but it just involves listening more to what you actually need personally and professionally and creating a calendar that works for you, not against you is what the article mm. said. So for example, if you feel tired, build a nap into your schedule, which actually reminded me of a quote from a podcast I listened to from Earbuds Podcast Collective called The Work Remix. That was an interview with Erica Keswin. And the quote was, you want to make sure your calendar reflects your values.
1: How would your calendar reflect your values?
0: I think if you're a manager of a team, building time to actually connect with your employees, even though you're working remotely, instead of just doing all the things, all the paperwork, maybe on your mm. list or If working out is really important to you, building that into your schedule instead of just saying like, oh, I'll see if I have time for that. Okay, I
1: love that. Well, we will link to that episode with the interview with Erica Keswin, and we will also link to the Fast Company article. We had a lot of amazing resources today, and we want to make sure that you can take full advantage of them to be as productive as you want, but also as not productive as you want during this weird time. Uh, So we'll definitely put all that in the show notes.
0: All right, counties, we are heading out. But before we do... We need your voice. At the beginning of this episode, you heard from my brother, Ari. You can be that type of famous too. All you have to do is record a voice clip on your phone and send it to Ariel at gmail.com. Arielle, what should the voice clip sound like?
1: Good question, Shira. It should sound like this, hi. I'm Arielle Nissenblatt, recording from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to
0: Counterprogramming with Shira and Ariel. Amazing job. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Thanks, as always, to our amazing sound guru, Daniel Turek. Find his work and get in touch at robotslap.com. One day we will record together, Shira, and I'll slap
1: you during that time. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Yay! Our music is by Jason Shaw, and the theme song is called Tennessee Hayride. Yeehaw!
0: We love it. We really do. We'll catch you next week, Counties. What should we cover in our next episode, Ariel?
1: I would love to take a hard pivot from our current kind of serious counter productivity thing. And I'd like to talk about Count Olaf who was made famous in Lemony
0: Snicket. Interesting. I don't think I actually ever read all the series of unfortunate events, but I guess we'll learn some stuff about him. I bought the book, but
1: did not read it, which is my character flaw <laughs> across the board.
0: <laughs> A counterproductive tendency, if you will. I will. Bye, Sheera. Bye, <laughs> yell. Bye, County.